0: Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to uh, another podcast of A Godly Disruption with your host, uh, Jimmy Bayoso. Today, I have a really good friend of mine. Um, He's a pastor. He's a worship leader. um, He's a podcaster now, you know, um, and he's a good friend of mine. His name is uh, Nemi Jimenez. Uh, Happy to have you, bro.
1: Bro, it's a blessing and it's an honor, man. I'm excited.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, We've been planning this for a couple of weeks already, and, you know, we finally got it done. And real quick, you know, I just wanted to ask you is, like, how did it all start? You're 22 years old. Yep. 22. And, you know, you're a pastor at your church um, in Stan Island. Mm-hmm. So tell me, like, how did it all start with you?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a long story. But mm-hmm. I would say that, like, for me, I started definitely feeling the calling to ministry when I was about 15 16 years old and it really started helping with the youth ministry that's honestly where i think god fanned the flame and the gifts that he had inside of me Mm -hmm. um in teaching and in worship leading um, because until that point i was only part of the worship team playing the guitar in a little corner okay and basically my mom i think at the time would always something like you're gonna get out of that corner i don't know how but god's gonna take you out that (laughs) corner and i was convinced that that was my corner but God ended up taking me out of that corner. And through many years in the youth and inside of the worship team, I started to lead worship. I started teaching on Fridays, like every single week helped coordinate events. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of that led right to a testimony, I think before God and before people. And I think it was about like two years ago, about to be three where I was ordained as a worship pastor, wow. as a worship pastor in our church. Mm-hmm. And it's been a blessing. It's got its ups and downs, right? Right. Being a pastor and I think growing up in church, but it's been a blessing. And yeah. that's kind of my story.
0: Okay. Wow. And yeah, how how has it been for you growing up in church? You know, because I know there's a lot of people that probably watching us that they grew up in church their whole life, you know, and happened to me too. I grew up in church my whole entire life, ever Ever since I was a little kid, all I knew was church, you know, but there comes a time where you grow up and, you know, friends hit, and then going to school and whatnot and keeping that balance between knowing, you know, you're in church and following the Lord, but at the same time being tempted and having the world draw you. How was that for you?
1: Look, I had like a double anointing because I didn't just Uh go to church. I went to school at church. Part of my (laughs) homeschool process when I was homeschooled during my high Uh school years I went to school at my church. Wow! Which meant that I was literally there seven, like almost seven days a week most uh-huh. of the time. Because if Saturday you had a discipleship class or something like, I was just there twenty four seven. You know, some some days we yeah. would literally uh, we'd stay there after school because they were like we were like, there's no point of me going back yeah. home. Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. I might as well just stay here so we don't have wow. to like go cross the bridge uh-huh. and come back to Staten Island because we were in Jersey. Uh-huh. And I think that. Part of that process the question was like how did i navigate that yeah um i think that wow so difficult to kind of like put it simply but i think it was really just god's grace hmm. there there's no other way uh for us to really continue to follow god faithfully unless we fall in love with god wow. and i think during that process definitely there are moments right where you didn't want to be there or yeah. i didn't want to be there right growing up in church and you know you also had me, at least in my experience, I grew up with a whole bunch of old people always telling me, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the call. This is this is what God yep. has for you. And and that would frustrate me so much because, wow. you know, you wanted to be a kid. Yes. You wanted to be a young person. Yes. Uh, funny story is like when I would grow up in the kids ministry, it was really interesting because they'd always try to use me as an example. They're like, hey, that's the pastor's kid. Like, follow him. Mm-hmm. So out of rebellion, what I would do is that I would get sent upstairs in like five minutes. So my dad would be <laughs> preaching, we'd go down with all the kids, and I'd be back up in five minutes. Oh man. And I think it was a little bit of a righteous rebellion. I'm uh-huh. not gonna lie. I'm gonna I'm gonna be keeping a hundred. I thought like in some ways, yes, there was other ways I could have um dealt with that pressure. Mm. But one of the things that I definitely always tried to make sure in my in my growing up in church was the spotlight and the pressure, I'm not gonna accept it if it doesn't come from God. Come on. Right? Yeah. Just because you wanna say something and these people were not you know, with ill intent in their hearts right? When they right. Did these things. They were right because any kid should, wanna wanna, should want to want want to should be obedient in yeah. a class mm-hmm. and should want to, like, love being in Bible school or whatever. Uh, but I definitely felt that there had to at least be a response for me to say, hey, I'm going to walk into that. You're totally right. But right here, right now, this yeah. is for me to just, like, be who I am yeah. and learn, right, yeah. myself, learn God, learn to love church. And I think through that process, I ended up coming to a place of saying, wow, I wish I was here seven days a week now. Hmm. I came to a place to understand, wow, there is really better only one day in your house than a thousand Right. Else. And right, that was part of my yes. college experience. That was part of my yeah. experience. Now it's like, I just want to be there yeah. now. And so it's really God's grace. And it's you falling in love with him at your relationship with him yeah. and not letting external factors kind of pressure you yeah. into being someone who you're not ready yeah. to be.
0: Was there, was there a moment that that pressure got to you? Like... I remember as well, like growing up in church, um, my parents were always in the leadership in the church. So, you know, I couldn't do nothing wrong because same with you. It was like, oh, look, my dad's name is Walter. It's like, oh, look, Walter's son is over there. You know, if I would do something wrong, like they would be like, wow, look, that's Walter's son. You know, and me personally, I had a breaking point where that pressure really got to me, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's it's one thing is putting a mask up and holding it up and being like, man, like or doing things for pressure. Yeah. You know, sometimes a lot of people, we ser- we like young people, we're going to church because um, our parents are forcing and pushing us. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm thankful for that mm-hmm. yeah. because that's why I am where I am now. Amen. You know, those moments and days where I wanted to leave, I didn't want to be there. But having parents who pushed me and pressured me and just be like, you know, let's go to church, let's go to church. But you ever had a point or breaking point where that pressure was like, man, or when you went to college? Because yep. you went to school in the church. Mm-hmm. How was it now going to college and experiencing something outside of that?
1: Yeah, I think I think uh, a few things. One is like I was very fortunate to have some leaders in my church mm. who knew how to have grace and show grace to me. Wow. And I think one of those people in very particular were both of my parents. Mm. Um, I'm not a perfect human being. Mm-hmm. No one's a perfect human being. Yep. And... There were many times where I failed mm-hmm. many times where I failed being someone who was, you know, a minister. I wasn't an ordained pastor at the time, mm-hmm. not someone who was ministering, who was teaching week in, week out. Um, and I failed plenty yeah. of times. But having that accountability with leaders who can show you grace, who know how to also, you know, step you aside lovingly. Yes. and Be like, hey, take a rest. And I had that so many times wow, in good. my life in college. And people don't know that. Uh, one because it doesn't have. That's the amazing thing about these leaders. They don't have to make it a public spectacle of shaming you. Yeah. Like, hey, you failed. Yes. They take me to the side and they'd be like, they'd be like, you know, you got to take a rest. And I'd be like, yeah. you're so right. Because there's something that God needs to deal in my heart. Wow. I would, I would much rather take a rest, and you know, answer people's questions like, hey, why aren't you up there today? Yeah. Like, oh no, I'm resting today.
0: Yeah. Wow. Right.
1: I'm letting God do something in my heart because yes, there are other things that at some particular moments could have called my attention, could have caused me to slip up in my walk yeah. with God. But I had leaders who lovingly so knew good. how to show me grace. And also I had leaders in my parents as well, who knew about the pressure that I was facing mm. and knew how to gracefully show those same people, right? Mm-hmm. Who again, no ill intent to them, I do not hate you guys, but like the ones who would point and put the pressure and, and point out Every single mistake that you made, question why you were up there in the first place. Wow. You know, having, you know, leaders who shield you away from that stuff so you don't have to be an offense. Yeah, that was good. And letting them take that position of leadership to be like, hey, there's a reason they're up there. One, there's a calling. One, Mm -hmm. there's a grace, and there's a there's a you know, there's a mantle of an anointing upon them. And and three, they're not perfect like nobody in the Bible was perfect. Yes. And they, they just knew how to gracefully discipline me, push me to the side when it was necessary, but never allow ministry to be a burden mm. of having to be perfect. Yes. And that was definitely part wow. of my process. I, I
0: think you said something so key right now is that God sees purpose, mm-hmm. you know, even in the midst of mistake and in the midst of like, sometimes our downfalls, like God sees purpose, Yeah, you know, and jumping, you know, jumping into that in purpose is that, You know, a lot of young people are, you know, you're 22, I'm 25. Um, When we come to God, we think we have to have it all figured out together, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's all a journey and it's all a process that God has for us. Right. And in the midst of that, God sees purpose, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's what I want to tell a lot of young people, because, you know, I feel like, you know, we're examples of we're young. We could be doing something else, Mm -hmm. especially nowadays with social media, with. I think this generation has it really strong with temptation because it's everywhere, yeah. especially in school and whatnot. And we're here and, you know, we, we don't got it all figured out together, mm-hmm. you know, but we love the Lord and we know we have a purpose and a calling, you know, so what can you maybe tell the people that are watching us that are feel like they need to have it all figured out together to to come to the things of right. God, you know?
1: I mean, definitely, if you're someone who thinks that Purpose means having it all figured out. I think you misdefine what purpose is. Hmm. Purpose is a process. And purpose means walking until the full manifestation of what God's plan for your life is. And that has different stages, different emphases, different learning curves. And so you do not have to have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, having it all figured out would probably disqualify you from having a purpose from God. Because then it's your own purpose. But because it's God's purpose, he has to equip us and take us through the process of unlearning and relearning. So basically, what I want to let you know is if you don't have it all figured out, God has a purpose. And most of the times when we get and receive a purpose from God, we're going to see how unqualified we are. Mm. But that's exactly the point of that process.
0: Amen. Amen. And you said something funny. You're like, oh, you were that person in the corner and you thought that was your corner. Yeah. Right. And sometimes we're in a position where we feel comfortable mm-hmm. and what God likes to do is make us uncomfortable yeah, and take us out of those things, right? So to you, what is purpose and how do we discover it? Like, when did you know it was like, God is calling me to preach As- aside from prophetic words, aside from your parents being pastors, when did you genuinely discover that this was your purpose and this was your calling?
1: Wow. Um, it's hard to like, remember one moment. Mm-hmm. But I, I can testify about this one moment when I was at a youth retreat, and I remember that at that time, they were like starting to already ask me to do things for the youth, and those leaders, again, lovingly knew how to be patient mm. when I said no. Mm-hmm. I always want to emphasize the beauty of that, the beauty of the consensual relationship that God wants to have with each one of his ministers and each son and daughter who has a purpose. Right and knowing that god would not fully impose that unless he changed my heart and so i can't tell you the exact moment Mm -hmm. but i can tell you that there's a story of the bible of saul and that man became paul called by god and Mm -hmm. there was a shift in his heart and it was an encounter with the lord that at one point i just said I I hope I could say this without sounding weird, but it's like, I don't want anyone else to do this. I Mm. want, I want to do it, Wow, you know? And it's not even just this idea that I can do it better or that I could be doing it better than the leaders who were in Mm -hmm. charge at the moment. It was just, wow. Like if I don't do it, I feel like something's going to be missing from this ministry Mm. because there's something that I carry. There's something that God has shown me, instructed me maybe that, is definitely a key thing and I can't delegate it to someone else mm. and that's the thing about comfort right right comfort usually comes at the cost of us delegating oh no so and so can do it yeah that person's fine to do it and definitely there are times there were times in my life of ministry where I had to delegate right because I knew that it wasn't a necessity that I did things right but part of knowing your purpose is knowing that is it is inexcusable for you to delegate it to someone else mm-hmm. this is your thing with the Lord right. and that's, that's the best answer I can give about yeah. purpose. It's definitely an encounter with the Lord where he reveals something inside of you, a desire, a particular revelation, a particular instruction mm-hmm. that you know no one else can do. He's got to give it to you. Wow.
0: Yeah. Um, I once heard this, um, that the most expensive place in the whole entire world, many people thought it was Dubai, the Middle East. Mm. And this person's like, the most expensive place in the whole world is the cemetery. And I was like, yeah. what do you mean? And the person was like because in the cemetery there's so many gifts and purposes that never came out to life Mm. you know and i think there's so many people with strong callings in the lord you know and not just in the things of god but maybe in business you know maybe in the media world where they never unleash that purpose inside of them you know so to you what is purpose and is everyone called does everyone have a purpose
1: i think everyone has a purpose I think that's definitely the most important thing. I think the purpose can I guess be best defined as, you know, the reason why God put you on the earth. And there's a parable in the Bible where it talks about a king giving a particular amount of his servants mm-hmm. some talents. Yes. And everyone has a talent. And not just I'm not when I say talent, I don't just mean skill sets. God mm-hmm. has given you resources, God has given you connections, God has given you aptitudes likings, passions, all of those things are a part of God's purpose for your life. And that's something that I've been learning. I have been learning, right, that there's so much, there's such an ample Mm -hmm. amount of things that I like, that I want to do for the Lord. And I think actually what it comes down to is just realizing when is the timing of doing Mm, things. That's key. And, But yeah, what do I think purpose is? I think purpose is the purpose or the reason why God has put you on the earth, and that comes through passions, likings, your skill yes. sets, and going back to the parable, there's an important aspect which is if we don't sow those things, if we don't actually try to multiply those things, yes. we'll be bad administrators of what God has mm. given us. And so everyone has a purpose, and the thing that you were talking about the cemetery, it's so sad because those right, those dreams, those passions, those aspects of people's purposes were never fulfilled. Right, and unfortunately, right, it's like that parable. The talent was sown in the ground yes. he put it in the dirt he let yes. it die and he didn't multiply it mm-hmm. and so if anyone's watching and you have a passion you have a liking a desire in your heart you have skills you have aptitudes. don't let the lie of the enemy tell you that you don't have them and because the enemy what he wants to do he wants you to sow those things and bury them in the ground but i hope in hearing these words right now the holy spirit would revive in you that passion for your purpose once again because we Mm -hmm. all have it before the lord seek and he will show you what it was and more than likely it's the thing that you relegated that you left because the enemy tried to put doubt in you that enemy the enemy tried to make you think that you were disqualified and you left it to the ground let's be faithful administrators of the purpose that god has given us Mm. I hope this edifies you
0: amen and you know as you were talking about this like i was reminded about um a lot of times we're called to f- like our purpose is connected to what bothers us if mm-hmm. we see like sometimes when moses when he um when he saw the egyptians were um harassing the the hebrews mm-hmm. and he went and he killed yeah the the Egyptians because he saw what they were doing to them was wrong you know a lot of times we're called to what bothers us what we feel like you know mm-hmm. for example look what you something you said you were like you know, not that you could have do it better than others, but you're like, I want to do it because yeah. you saw something there that maybe bothered you. And you're like, you know what? Like, I want, I know, like God can use me to do it. Yeah, God can use me to fix mm-hmm. it. You know, right before the podcast, we were talking about this weekend that you guys had at the church, uh, a worship conference, and one of your thing was like seeing more worshipers be able to receive and and go to that next level. Yeah, you know, and I feel I feel like that's connected to purpose as well. It bothers you seeing other worship people you know sometimes not receiving sometimes not going to the next level mm-hmm. you know so i always tell people that i'm like whatever bothers you if you see something that bothers you maybe god is inclining you yeah that could be something that's fixed that's you know aligned to your purpose yeah
1: and i think that has to do very particularly with the the prophetic mm. and when i say the prophetic that can mean a lot of things i'm not right. just talking about the prophetic gift of prophecy or the the prophetic office or or grace. What I mean to say is that in its essence, the prophetic is it's receiving God's heart about something. Mm. So what happens right in the prophetic ministry is that the person who's a prophet sees things the way God sees them. And like you said, it creates this, this bother Mm -hmm. feeling Mm -hmm. that, you know, needs to be fixed and corrected. That's the prophetic ministry in its essence. And so some ways, Everyone's purpose is connected to that prophetic inclination that mm-hmm. we're talking about. I see something, right? Yeah. And God Himself, I'm seeing it the way God sees it. God knows there's something wrong, yes. but He's showing you there's something wrong because yes. He wants you to do something about yes. it. So, yeah, I'm in total agreement. Yeah. That's powerful. What bothers you more than, more likely than not, yeah. is God's prophetic inclination being activated in you yeah. to go and do that work.
0: Yeah, Amen. And and I hope people that are watching us, if you're a young person or if you're an adult, you know it's never too late. And I feel like God in this time is r- rising up a generation that is going to go into politics, that's going to go into the business realm. It's going to go into the film world that, you know, you started a podcast, you know, and I and I think and I just encourage everyone who's who feels a calling to go in social media to start to start doing it. Because, you know, nowadays you open up Instagram, you know, the world is saturating with so much negative news mm-hmm. With so much confusion, with so much just negativity, depression, and anxiety. And I think God is rising up a voice that we got to rise up and yeah. speak the truth in the word of God. You know, and I believe God is rising up young people, you know. And I believe there's a process as well. Like, you know, talking about purpose, there's a process. Um, before the podcast, you were also yeah. talking about um, how Jesus at the age of 12, you know, it wasn't like he was just born. It's like, okay, I'm going to the cross. Yeah. You know, he himself... And I uh, went through a process. He himself was asking the religious leaders, you know, questions, was learning the law, was learning the, the, the old covenant. Yeah. You know, um, how was your process before becoming a pastor?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm so on that. And I think that two things I want to mention. One is, yeah, the process of ministry is kind of something that people get a little bit confused about. Mm-hmm. Right. Because this happened to me very recently in my life. I was just like, well, is it this or is it that? Mm. And that's the worst question you can ask yourself (laughs) when it comes to your purpose. Is it this or is it that? Yeah. How about it's this and it's that? Wow, yes. And and we don't see that. Mm-hmm. We don't see the stages and the processes. And you were mentioning at 12, 12 years old, Jesus is asking the religious leaders questions. He's learning about his father's business. Mm-hmm. But he can't be in it, right? Right. The end like the God has told him, It's not your time yet. Mm-hmm. Even Mary herself, his mother said, Can you do this miracle? And he said, Woman, I can't. It's not my time. Yes, yes right Mm -hmm. 18 years of hiddenness so many people can't can't even deal with that right Right. 18 years of hiddenness right from 12 to 30 before jesus was called into ministry hidden no one knows what happened Mm -hmm. all we know is that he grew yeah all we knew is that he learned the lord Mm -hmm. all he knew in that time right his purpose was still the cross but in that point his purpose was to learn and be accepted by the father formed by the father
0: so how do you know the difference then between it's when is it my time or is it god's time
1: yeah I think that the moment of Jesus being being testified over by God and by people was, was, the, was the key moment where he knew mm. it was time, uh. right? Because you see in Jesus' life, and I love taking his life because his life is the exemplary life that we have to see, mm-hmm. right? He was first, when he got baptized in that moment of baptism, there was a declaration of, yes, hey, these last 18 years and in these whole 30 years, this is the Father speaking, you are my son. Yes. You and in you I'm in, I'm well pleased. Immediately he's take taken to a place of testing. And yes. after that place of testing, he's 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 in the work of ministry and of wow. purpose. So, how do I know when it's God's time? God himself Yeah. declares that you're ready. Wow. And that's so powerful because and, and this is important because and I like that you brought it up because if you don't wait for God's timing in that aspect, you yourself would be the one who validates your own ministry. Mm-hmm. You're the one who validates your own purpose.
0: Mm-hmm. And that is
1: the worst thing because who are you to validate a purpose right. or a ministry? It's God. Mm-hmm. You know, we in, in this sense, when you have a purpose or in our purpose, right? I take God's name. Yeah. So I can't take it without his permission. If he hasn't authenticated and authorized me to do such yeah. a thing. Right. So that's the process of waiting yeah. because... If not, we're going to be carrying a burden and a weight of the ministry that should be light and easy, as Jesus yes. talks about. And, and so God's timing always is going to come with the confirmation and the public declaration, the mm-hmm. public testimony. Yes. Which Paul talks and about with Timothy. Big, yes. Paul says to Timothy, the elders they saw. Look at Paul's own life. If you read it in the book of Acts, they say, They say that the, the, the leaders at the time, they were like, who are we going to send out? And they saw Paul, mm-hmm. who was working as a teacher yes. and a prophet mm-hmm. amongst them, but his Full purpose was what? As an apostle. And so there's purpose. There's different moments of training, of preparation. But that public declaration of testimony from God and from men is what lets you know that it's God's time.
0: Yeah, you said something so awesome about when Jesus, like I always say this, like the first preaching of God, the father in the New Testament was the baptism. Yeah. When he said like, this is, you know, this is my beloved son. And then came the testing. And I think that's so prophetic because I believe that every time a prophetic word is released over our lives, there's always comes There's always comes a test to test that yeah. word, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes we have to be tested by the fire. You know, the Lord yeah. has to trust us sometimes with certain things that he wants us to do, you know, and. Do you believe? Do you believe everyone is called to the ministry? Like everyone has a fivefold ministry, like in okay. Ephesians, as some are apostles, prophets, yeah. evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Because there's people that sometimes come to church, and you know, a lot of times they're like, "Oh, that preaching stuff is not for me." Like, mm-hmm. is everyone called into ministry?
1: Yeah, I'm glad you made the distinction. I think that there are at least like a few different levels of what these fivefold giftings look like, mm-hmm. and I don't just see fivefold gifting in, that's mentioned in Ephesians four, right? Mm-hmm. I don't see it just as offices. Mm-hmm. I see them as graces. Yes, And we all carry that grace. Mm-hmm. And we all carry each grace, mm-hmm. right? And this is important, right? Because there's the people, like you said, oh, evangelize and not for me because I'm not an evangelist. Right, there you go. The evangelistic grace is in everyone yeah. who has the nature of Christ. Yes. Because Christ himself was the great evangelist. Yeah. The first good news bearer, yeah. that was him. So if we have his nature inside of us and we have an evangelistic grace, but that doesn't mean everyone has the office. And so there's leadership, there's also, you know, just acting right in our in our commonplace life. Mm-hmm. There's like different ways that those things manifest. Yes. And I think we somehow mistakenly, right, yeah. do that like sharp distinction that the calling of ministry only looks like the office. Yes. And it's not. Yes. Some people are good just to be leaders in that area. Right. While some other people have that actual official ministry level mm-hmm. title. Other people, it might be just like someone who, you know, is in. A team right and they're not necessarily the leader mm-hmm. but they just know how to operate in that in a very special mm-hmm. unique way right a mm-hmm. servant right That's i want to i,
0: I want to pick your brain on this because i feel growing up i heard this question so many times um you know we see so many I- I- in the world for example athletes yeah right um does god call these does god like how, how do i say it does god call people into these things mm. you know is it is god god's eyes just ministry Or does God also give calling and gifts, for example, sports? Yeah. You know, or in the media world or in the political world? Mm -hmm. Because I know that a lot of times people sometimes get discouraged. They're like, you know, can I do this? Can I can I be a light in this? You know, and what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. I think that when you look at Jesus, I always take I always go back to Jesus because Mm -hmm. he's, again, the perfect example. When it talks about him growing, it says he grow he grew in favor and in stature mm-hmm. before men and before God. Mm-hmm. So four things. This is really important, right? He grew first in favor and then he grew in stature. So when we talk about stature, we're talking about firstly his physical. Yes. So there are people we all have to grow in and, and steward well the mm-hmm. physical area, right? And he also grew before God and before men, meaning that he grew socially before men. Yes. He grew in favor amongst men. That's a social aspect. But he also grew in favor before god meaning that there was a spiritual aspect, was a spiritual aspect right but then he also grew in favor uh, in in stature also mm-hmm. uh, in excuse me in favor amongst men as well but yes. i think also exemplifies an intellectual realm and so mm-hmm. there are these four realms that sometimes what we do right we we uh, unfortunately try too hard to like box everything and I think that there has to be a little bit more of a fluidity. So yes, does I think God does call us into different areas. Amen. And like I said, each one of us in some ways carry an aspect of that. Yes. Meaning this, right? If I feel like I'm called to ministry in the spiritual aspect, right, that doesn't neglect the responsibility that I have to also grow socially. Yes. And right? And, and to grow inside of the inside of the network that God has placed me in mm-hmm. my area, in my city or in my workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I feel like I'm called, right? to the intellectual realm doesn't mean that I should neglect the spiritual practice of prayers. Yes, yes, I find it silly, Yes, you know, like there's these, a lot of aspects. And right. you mentioned something before that I, I don't feel like I fully answered. Everyone has a ministry. Isn't that, mm. that, like I said, that ministry doesn't look like that off office thing, that pastoral clergy yeah. that we're always thinking of when we yeah. say the word ministry. Ministry is so fluid. It's so grand. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's our entire life, and that's what Jesus shows us. Jesus wasn't a pastor our, in the sense like of how we think of the pastoral yes, ministry, yes. right? Mm-hmm. He was a pastor, but he was a pastor when he sat with sinners and ate with them. Yes, he was a pastor when he was with his disciples, mm-hmm. teaching and loving them. When he took uh, Peter when he denied him because Peter was a sheep who was lost. In that moment, he was being a pastor. Yeah, but for some reason today in today's age, right, mm-hmm. we see that those things are relegated to four walls. Yes, And that's definitely, I think, a problem, right? Right. It's an unfortunate mistake yeah. that we make.
0: Yeah. You know, um, like the Bible says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone. You know, that's not just for the evangelist. Yes. That's that's something that every believer can do. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, first Corinthians, it talks about how we can all prophesy one by one. Yeah. You know, like just because you prophesy doesn't mean you sit on the office of a prophet. We yeah. can all do it. We can all move in those gifts of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. I believe being a light everywhere we go. You know, like God calls us to a department, to a, to an area, and we should yeah. be light and all those things. Do you believe that um, our purpose in God can change over time?
1: Yeah, that's something that I was going to mention here, right? When you see Paul, right? You see Paul operating first in the, I believe it was the church of Antioch mm-hmm. and, uh, or excuse me, Jerusalem before he gets sent out to Antioch. Yes. Where he is a teacher and a prophet first before being an apostle. And I always take the fivefold graces to mention how like in my life personally, right. I first in my process of being, you know, a pastor before arriving to that place in my life, I was just a minister who would prophesy sometimes Mm. in prayer or in intercession and other times I would teach, but none of those things, those things, or those, there were aspects of both of those things that prepared me to be a pastor. Yes, And in some sense, I don't think even in my personal life, right, from what God has spoken over my life, that pastoring even looks like the final stage of my entire purpose in life. Right. But it's a stage that I know I need Yes. because there's no way that I can do another function if maybe I don't have the relational practices, the, yes. the practice of reconciliation that you have to do as a pastor, right, mm-hmm. when two people on your team or you and someone in your team is having a conflict. Yeah. That pastoral resolution is, a, is something that I need to learn in this season mm-hmm. to be prepared for the next season yes and yeah i think that it definitely shifts over time till its fullest till it's fullest yeah. manifestation
0: yeah. And, and i think that's also so key because it's like we have to pass through a process that's where god forms our character mm-hmm. that's where god forms our gifts yeah you know that's where um in that part of that's why so many people i tell them don't run from the process like embrace the process yeah because that's part of the journey That's part of the calling. That's part of, you know, the grace God gives you because there's so many people that just, you know, they, they, they look at, they look at the things of God and they're like, I just don't want to go through that. I just don't want to be a part of that. And it's like, embrace it. You know, like we're, we're, we're in a process right now. Like even starting this podcast right now, like I'm in a process, like people ask me like, where, where where's this heading? I'm like, I have an, I have an idea and a vision, but I'm also going by like whatever the Lord takes me in, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and also, I was gonna ask you is um, since you said, um, what's the difference between a gift then and then office?
1: Right. So gift and office. This is interesting. So when it comes to the fivefold ministry mm-hmm. and its graces, um, I like to see it this way. I think offices, in some in some way, in our time and age, has become something a little bit of hierarchy, mm-hmm. and we've lost their essence. And when you look at their essence, they become almost personality traits. And Mm -hmm. that's not to diminish the spiritual empowerment of these Mm -hmm. characteristics. Because let me explain it like this, right? What is somebody with an apostolic grace and gift? That person is somebody who's one a visionary, right? One who if we look at the apostolic work of Peter and Paul knew about structuring Mm -hmm. the organizational the movement, allowing it to an ex- to extend, mm-hmm. Paul did those missionary trips, that was his apostolic work. Right. And Peter, we see him kind of reforming the church in yes. many ways when they were falling apart, right? The churches in Asia. Mm-hmm. So that apostolic you know, office is what it looked like inside of the four walls of the church or right. inside of the church community. But that grace and personality trait, I would say is almost no different than what Bill Gates has. Mm. It's no different than what Steve Jobs had when mm. he made Apple. Mm-hmm. It's no different. It's the yeah. same grace, but it's, a, it's, it's fallen. Yeah In the sense that it's disconnected from the spiritual wow. empowerment of God. Yeah. But when God empowers you and empowers those, like I said, that's why I said, your purpose is so connected to who you are. Yeah. And I can testify about this because it's a part of my life. Yeah. When you realize even the smallest things about you reflect that personality and that grace wow. inside of you. Yes. And that's what God wants to use. Yeah. So, What's the difference between the gifting and the office? The office, I think in some ways, looks like what it looks like inside of the context of Ecclesia, of church, church, mm -hmm. but giftings, giftings is what that grace looks like outside of it.
0: Wow. That's so good. Yeah, because I think we're living in a time where, you know, especially our generation as young people, we're looking for purpose. You know, the Bible says that God placed eternity in our hearts. Mm -hmm. You know, we're always looking after something. That's why there's so many young people, you know, going into drugs because drugs because they want to experience something different. They want to feel satisfied, you know, in their hearts. And I believe that the only way to feel satisfied fully is one in the Lord and two, it's walking in your purpose, walking in what God has called you to walk in. You know, um, something key that you said, it's like Steve Jobs, all these people, God gifted them, but it was fallen. You know, like psychics, mm. psychics are like prof- they're prophets. God has called into prophetic yeah. ministry. You know, just their gift is fallen. Yeah. You know, and Entirely. I think walking in purpose gives so much peace. Yeah. And it, it, so many people nowadays, young people, we want to be like someone else. Mm. You know, when the Bible says, like, be imitators of God. Yeah. you know and i think when someone knows their purpose they stop trying to be like everyone amen you know because nowadays everyone wants to be like the next celebrity yeah. or everyone wants to look like a certain person you know and i think god is calling us uniquely to stand out yeah you know and to seek god to seek his righteousness to seek the kingdom of god so you know I, I, this is for everyone that is listening or watching us right now it's like seek god's purpose in your life follow god's purpose no matter how it may look you know, go after it. And I think that that's the number one thing young people want now is like, what am I called to do? You know, what am I going to do in life? Yeah. Um, and where were you when when in college, when, you know, you, you have a podcast now, like what led you to study what you studied? What is it that you studied again?
1: I studied. So I had a double major. I did philosophy and jurisprudence. OK, um, I think the final aspiration in all my studies is to attend law school. Okay. And that's part of God's purpose. That's why I mentioned mm-hmm. it cuz I like you're asking, right? How did I move into that? Yeah.
0: Did you know you were going to do that?
1: Oh, heck no. Okay. Oh, dear God, no.
0: So like what what was your
1: like yeah, mm-hmm. the story. This story I share with people with a lot of um, reverence in my heart mm-hmm. every single time I share it because I think like I said, it's these encounters and moments that reveal your purpose, yes. that reveal what it looks like in each season. And you're gonna see, right? as I'm sharing, a lot of the things that I mentioned, like instead of choosing between this or that, seeing how it's this and that. Mm -hmm. So basically, I'm in my senior year of high school, and I was pretty much set up to attend music school. I was pretty much, because I was in worship ministry, Mm -hmm. I knew that worship was a part of my calling and my purpose in life. And I think there were other underlying issues why I decided for music. I think one of them, looking back in retrospect was, I didn't want to challenge myself to grow any farther than what I was comfortable in What mm. you were mentioning. Mm. I'm comfortable with music. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. comfortable with the chords and singing. Yeah. If I go to music with that, that's that's easy. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you have to do something that you hate. That's not what I'm saying mm-hmm. either. But God has a very peculiar way yes. to pull out the things that are a tad a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Something that you've reserved to the side. And basically during that time, I was praying to the Lord because obviously I still feared him and I still wanted mm-hmm. to do what he wa- what He yes. wanted me to do. And in that weekend, I'm going to try and make it as short as possible. There was a minister who came from out of the States and this man had never met me before. And I don't know what I told my dad during that day that my dad had to pick up this minister because he was going to minister at our church that weekend. And he basically, my dad tells this minister mm-hmm. what I had spoken to him during the day. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I told was extremely interesting. So yeah. the guy says, the minister says, "I want to speak to your son." I'm 18 at the time, and you grew up in church, so you mm. know. Oh man, another another minister wants yeah. to talk to me. Ah, yeah. uh, <laughs> what you know? Whoop-de-do, nothing yeah, new here, yeah. right? Yeah. And and that day we went, and I I remember this. I do remember this because it was traumatizing. Uh-huh. Because all my siblings didn't go to that outing that we went to mm. eat with this minister. It was just me, and I, I brought one of my close friends from church who I co-labored with in youth ministry. I was like, come with me. And as we went, uh, this guy started to talk to me and he started to ask me particular questions about myself. Um, Like, just like basically what my plans were. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of our conversation, we were sitting at a restaurant in Brooklyn and I just remember that this Mm -hmm. guy, he looks at me and he says, in the middle of our conversation, I don't remember what we're talking about, but he looks and he says, and that's why you do your bed every morning. He says, and that's why you don't like watching movies because you figure out the plot too easily and you ruin it for everyone else. Wow. And then he says, and that's why your friends come to you for your advice because you, they know that what you're going to tell them is true. And many times you try and reserve yourself because you know people only use you for that advice. And wow. this is something that I was mentioning before. Every part of you, every little detail of you reflects God's purpose for you. Yeah. And as he began to speak, and he was like, and, and that's why since you were a child, you asked why why, why, mm-hmm. why? And when they gave you the answers, they tell you to stop talking because you don't, they didn't wanna keep answering why to you. Yeah. And this, I mean, even when I was in Bible school, this happened. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, why this though? Why yeah. that? And they'd be like, don't ask that. Mm-hmm. Or we'll get to see you next week. Wow. And he's mentioning these things. And I remember there was just a weight in the room that can only be expressed as you know the Holy Spirit coming into wow. to, to just minister to me. Where I, I literally didn't hear the music inside of the restaurant. I didn't hear my parents' voices anymore. I only heard his voice and, and as he was speaking, I just remember he ended like this. He said, and you've asked the Lord for direction for your life. Mm -hmm. And the Lord has sent me to give direction. And again, this is part of like that testimony. And, and as I started to think and I started to meditate on what the man was saying, I realized that that was something that I had hidden. That Mm. was something that God had placed in my heart from when I was a child, when I was six and seven, when my siblings would get in trouble. I used to go upstairs and I'd get my dad's suits and I'd get his suitcase and I would go down and I'd say, you can't speak to them unless I protect them as a lawyer. This is what I used to do (laughs) as a kid. I forgot about this. This is not in my mind. Uh And, but it comes up now. Wow. So now I have to make a choice, right? Or in my head, at least this or that. Mm. And here I am years later after I studied, I studied philosophy because during that word, there were so many things about just understanding the arguments of the world better than they knew them mm. and understanding how to shift the foundations, mm-hmm. which I think represents an apostolic grace Yes. and represents something that I've held firmly comes from the Lord over my life. Mm-hmm. And I haven't attained it, as Paul said, but I know that it's a part of it. And every single thing that God calls you to do, mm-hmm. even if it's uncomfortable, it's part of building that process yes. in you. And so... That's why I studied what I studied. And here I am years later, and you just mentioned, I'm a worship pastor. I just helped organize and participated in ministry at a worship mm-hmm. conference. Mm-hmm. And during that whole process, I learned it's not this or that. It's this and that. That's and it's so stages of your, of your purpose unfolding. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I think it, it's really helpful to anyone who's young. You don't have to feel like you have to decide between this or that in any season. This and that. God is a good and great God. He is infinite. And sometimes we relegate specific areas of ourselves because we are fixed on this one thing that God points out. But God points out everything in its due season. In the same way that Jesus first had to learn how to be in the secret place before he could be in the public square of preaching, there are things that you're going to have to go through, processes as we spoke about, where you're going to learn particular skill sets. Mm -hmm. And it's not because God wants you to leave your passion or the thing that you're already good at. But he wants both of those things to come into unity into the full purpose he has for you. Don't give up. Don't give up and obey God and what he's calling you to do.
0: Amen. Amen. Um, as you were studying philosophy, did at every one point it get to the point where you were just questioning the things of God?
1: Yeah, I had a, a very interesting experience. During those years, I went through major existential crises, major moments of Not just, not not doubt of the things of God, but Mm -hmm. in some really profound ways. I was shifted and shaken, and I Mm -hmm. needed to find an answer or find a worldview, uh, a structure Mm -hmm. that gave me some sort of stability in my life of understanding the cosmos, the universe, Mm -hmm. like everything. And people find that so silly, right? Because, but again, remember that word. It's part of the why, mm-hmm. the why it has to get to the most foundational yeah. level in my life. And maybe there are some of you who are watching who feel that way. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you to study philosophy, but I'm telling you there's a reason why God made you that way. He didn't yes. make you that way on on just on, on accident or by coincidence. You're not just somebody who annoys people when you ask all those questions. It's a part of yeah. your purpose. And I, I went through that season of great uncertainty and needing answers. And there are a few things that I learned during those years. It wasn't so much even just about God's existence. Mm -hmm. And I shared this with you before. I said it it, it was really about having an answer to the wise. Right. You know that verse where it says, where's the wise? Mm -hmm. Like I knew where the wise were Mm -hmm. in some ways, right? Mm -hmm. The wise of the world. I was listening to what they had to say. As a Christian, as someone who who wants to walk in the purpose that God has for his right. life and someone who also wants to empower young believers, yes. which is a huge part of why I started my podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to have an answer to that. We can't plug our ears and just say, Hey, that's, that's baloney. That's garbage. It might, might just be garbage and baloney, but you have to have an answer. Exactly. And that's obviously something that's written in the book. I believe of first Peter it says, give, give a defense for your faith an mm-hmm. apologia. Of your faith of the hope that you have and that whole process was me one learning how to be patient in the Lord Mm -hmm. because I couldn't learn I couldn't possibly know everything at the same time God is omniscient I had to learn how to rest on his knowledge and rest that when the time came the Holy Spirit would reveal to me the answer that I needed to answer Mm -hmm. the answer to the question I needed to answer And that was the first oh. major lesson that I learned to depend on God, that God from God flows all knowledge and truth. Yes. It's hidden in him. And that also made me start to change my perspective when I was studying. And I share this with all the young people that I deal with. I ask them what they're studying. I say, find God there. Wow. Find the common grace. Because yes, there's a lot of perversion inside of the systems yeah. and the knowledge that the mm-hmm. world tries to propose. But deep inside of there... If there's anything of truth it comes from god Amen. and we have to learn how to extract that gold from the garbage and make sure that it fits right into the beauty of what god has created wow. and the the beauty of the mystery of knowledge and wisdom and so I was learning that mm-hmm. learning how to be patient in the mystery and to learning that i don't have to be scared because the mind of christ i can take it with yes, me into that yes, area yes and i can make everything c- become captive every high thought I could take Take it captive captive. to the obedience to christ and i could take the gold out of the Mm -hmm. out of the 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 garbage that wasn't that i was learning at the time wow that's
0: so good that's so good um you know touching on that too is um a couple i think it was about two three weeks ago um you guys have a church in in north bergen right Mm -hmm. and i i went and i heard and i was hearing you preach and that message really, really impacted me because I think it's such a good message and, and how you broke it down. You know, I was like, wow, he broke it down in such a way where everybody understood it. And it was about, you know, having like the joy of God. In the midst of darkness and us believers where we positioned in Christ, you know, like you mentioned the high top being at the top of the mountain, you know, where in Ephesians, the Lord tells us that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ, you know. So I want you, man, just take it like, you know, say what you got to say about that, because that was so good.
1: Yeah, I I mean, it's really based off of Psalms chapter four Mm -hmm. and at the very end. Uh, it's the common verse that, you know, a lot of like young Christians used to pray. It's like mm. in Spanish. I know it better in Spanish. It's like, yeah. me acostare, me but right before that, I remember a few years ago, I was just reading the verse. I was just reading. I was like, I did not even remember that it was found in Psalms chapter four. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Pastor didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know it was there. Uh-huh. Or at least I didn't remember. And as I'm reading, he says this amazing thing, David. And he says basically that. The, the people of God who were with David, they said, who will show us any good? And he says, Lord, shine your countenance upon me. For you have put gladness in my heart greater than theirs in the season of increase of their grain and their wine. And something in me just said, what? And to to come to an understanding, right? Basically, right? The message is like, wow, David in that time when his son had taken him off the throne and had Sent him into a a hunt right Mm -hmm. this this son of his was persecuting him wanted him dead wanted the throne to be his forever And this this man this man of God says I don't know how right But there's a joy in me now in this place That is greater than theirs when he's at this high place and that's the upside-down nature of the kingdom Mm -hmm. in some sense and and I love this because Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, it says that the only reason why he did it, there was a joy set before him. Mm-hmm. And, and a, this is something really deep because Peter talks about it as, as well. He says, though you may suffer for a while, you guys wait with expectation, yes. with a joy that is inexpressible. Yes. There is somehow, and it's only by the Spirit of God. This is what true joy is. It's joy that still is alive there. Wow. And it comes from a confidence and a living hope that Peter also mentioned in those same verses. When you have a living hope and a confidence inside of that hope, there is a joy that is produced that has a certainty upon certainty upon certainty that what is current is not the end. Mm. What you're facing, the current is not the end. When we have a living hope in Jesus Christ, that living hope went to the grave and resurrected yes not even death could defeat the hope that is inside of us as christians and maybe you're not a christian i want to invite you to allow that living hope to become alive in you and that living hope is powerful enough to produce an ineffable inexpressible joy inside of our lives that even when the things around us the circumstances that we are looking at look like our enemies look like those who are evil and unrighteous we it looks like they have joy because they are having the upper hand in a sure moment or in a certain moment but what i know and what i know because of that living hope in me produces a joy that i know the end from this moment and when you have the end from the beginning there is nothing that can deter your faith there is nothing that can deter your mental health because the joy of the Lord becomes your strength. And you remember, as David, that you mm-hmm. are seated in a high place. Mm-hmm. There is a high place. His face shines from above and produces a gladness inside of us that no material comfort can yeah. ever produce in us. Only the Lord can.
0: Yeah, Man, that's so good. And I think as believers, young people, adults, anyone who's a follower of Christ has to understand that like, From like every time you face a situation in life, I always say this to people. I'm like, when they're going through something, I'm like, what would Jesus do? But to add on, it's like, let's look at everything from that point, that standing point where Christ has us. Yeah. You know, like this momentary tribulation is going to pass. You know, and Jesus even said it. He's like, you're going to go through many things here. You're going to pass through a lot of tribulations, but know that I have conquered the world and that in that hope and in that faith like I'll put my trust in Amen. and especially in the times that we're living in right now where it's chaos everywhere you know woke up this morning and was reading about what happened in Nashville yeah. with with the shooting at the Christian church at the Christian school I'm sorry and we're living in such evilness and so much negativity around us that you know we need to put we need to look up to the Lord and there's joy in him you know um maybe there's people that are watching us right now that you know, uh, the other day I had someone reach out to me that they were just living in depression and everything. And just by listening to a podcast, listening to something we said, their life changed, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a joy God gives. Like, you know, in Nehemiah in, in 810, it says, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Mm-hmm. You know, um, how can we get to that joy? How do we get to that place where, where God has called us that even in the midst of maybe chaos in the midst of everything falling down? How do we keep that joy yeah. in us?
1: I think that what what you said was great. And yeah, the joy, like I said, according to Peter, is connected somehow to our faith mm-hmm. and to our hope, right? The hope that we have. Mm-hmm. And there's something that you said that was key. And it's about always remembering the position that God has given mm-hmm. us. And that's the position that's gonna help us yes. through these difficult moments. And I, I mm-hmm. our heart grieves yes. for what's happened, but I, I wanna share something that comes to my heart right now that that I think is gonna give us a deeper understanding of this there's a there's a famous part of the bible where jesus walks on water Mm -hmm. right after he feeds the Mm five thousand. and in that story if i've been i've had the the great pleasure and honor of being in the holy land of israel Mm -hmm. so i've been there and there's this spot that jesus was at that people don't know and if you look there's the sea of galilee but right above there's like almost this high mountaintop Mm -hmm. and what you what people don't know is that jesus was up there before he went down into the turbulent waters and storm that his disciples were facing and when you're up there when you look down you're literally above the clouds yeah so like if it was raining on the sea of galilee that day that i was there like i wouldn't be able to see or feel the rain because i was too i was at too high of a place and that's the place where god is Mm. And according to Ephesians, like we were mentioning, that's the place that he has seated us in. Yes. And so it's about a, it's a different perspective that produces the joy in us. Yeah. It's the perspective of that high place that is above what is currently happening below. Wow. And that heavenly perspective, like I said, I think gives us the knowledge, right? Like Jesus could see there in the middle, but the other side is right there. Mm. Jesus was like, I see what's going on. And so... What's awesome is that Jesus goes down to that place where it's, there's fear, mm-hmm. where there's depression, where there's anxiety, where there's injustice, un- like, mm. you're, like we're just talking about. And he tries to impart in us where he said, fear, not have peace. Yes. And he says, he tries to impart that into us, that yeah. perspective that he has from up there from the heavens. Yeah. And I think that's the only way that the Christian is able to walk inside of this world. It's when we have the perspective, we allow Jesus to impart that, perspective mm-hmm. of that heavenly seated place wow that allows us to understand the ultimate reality yeah. which is god's perspective god's purpose and plan even in the midst of in all those things all and when you have that and god imparts that to you there's a joy that's produced in yeah. your heart that even in the mist right wow. we can feel it because we, we we know that the end is close we can get there yeah right and we know that more importantly, God is with us. Yes. And that's the most important thing in that story that I think we could yeah. we could um, emphasize.
0: Yeah. And I think that's so good is just no matter what we go through or what you may be going through, just knowing that God is right there with us. That's all that matters. Yeah. That's all that I care about. And looking at situations now, not from our 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 point of view, but from God's point of view and where yeah. he has us seated you know, just reminded about the the girl who 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 was dead, where they came to Jesus, they told Jesus and, and Jesus was like, she's not dead. She's sleeping. Mm. You know, he was yeah. looking through like his spiritual eyes. Yes. He was looking through the eyes because and so many times we face so many situations in life and we're just taught to look through our natural eyes. But God is telling us that we have to look through our spiritual Amen. eyes yep. and look at situations, not if they're dead, but they're sleeping. Yeah. You know, and that what we're going through right now, that's not It's not the end. Yeah, it's not the end. We are seated with Christ. And we have. And from that point, we have authority. Yeah, we have authority to speak. That's why Jesus said you will speak to this mountain and it will move whatever you ask in my name. You know, he will do it because he has seated us in that position of authority to speak to these things.
1: And that and that's the most important thing is that when you have that perspective of the heavenly place, God puts the words in your mouth. Yeah, it's God himself. And that's That's almost a whole other conversation, (laughs) right? Because it's very important then, right? That when you're in that perspective, that's when you hear the voice of the Lord. That's when you're able to actually speak accurately and correctly. And God actually um, backs up that declaration Mm -hmm. and that word. But for those who, you know, are hearing this and you don't know, the Bible declares that there is an exchange that we all have. We could exchange our ashes to have beauty, And we can exchange anyone, any kind of mourning that's inside of our hearts for joy. And there's also a garment of praise for heaviness. So in this day, if you're feeling that there is mourning in your heart, that all you have in your life is ashes, that what you're feeling on your chest and on your back, uh, in your mind, is heaviness, there is a shift that happens when you come to the perspective of where God has you seated. That's why... I just invite you to allow Mm. joy to come into your life. If there's mourning beauty to be made for ashes, when you put it before the Lord and a garment of praise for your heaviness. Amen. Amen.
0: Man, it was so good to have you on the podcast. This is so good, man. Um, You know, I hope everyone that was, was listening to us right now could receive something, you know, and man, where can people find you?
1: Yeah. So right now, we're on all the platforms, mm-hmm. uh, Spotify, Apple, on YouTube, even on TikTok, uh, Pious Podium. That's P-I-O-U-S Podium, Pious Podium. Perfect. And you can hear us there. You can also follow me on my IG, nemi.jimenez. Mm-hmm. You can follow me there. There's so much more to come, a lot more great content, especially those I invite that are students. If you're watching, I think every Christian needs apologetic training yes and especially young students as we're talking about in the world that we're living mm-hmm. in, because i first dealt with it and that's mm-hmm. really the the heart behind what i'm By doing it, yeah. in this ministry and yeah that's where you can find me and awesome. i hope that some of you guys would be interested and in check it out
0: yeah for sure i'll definitely add the links in the description so make it easier for the people to to follow you but yeah man so grateful to have you any last words you want to say to the, everyone watching us or listening to us
1: Now, man, I'm so grateful, guys. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Maybe I'll close this out in a prayer. Let's do it. Let's do it. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for all the listeners that are here, Lord. They're not here by coincidence. They're not listening to you by chance. They're listening because you had a word for them. The things that we have spoken are for their edification to help them, to restore them, to lead them unto truth and freedom. So in the name of Jesus, we ask that these words would not just be any kind of words, but they would be the words of life, the words of grace, that they're seasoned with grace, that they are a light into the darkness for those who are listening. And I pray in the name of Jesus, out of my own experience right now, Lord, I pray that anyone who is dealing with doubt, with anxiety, panic attacks, depression, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now that the joy of the Lord becomes their strength as they listen right now. And I pray in the name of Jesus that anyone that is confused, about their purpose i pray that these words would restore so many young christians into all the fields that they need to be called into and i pray lord that this podcast is blessed that many more people would be able to listen and hear the good news through my beloved brother jimmy who i also bless and thank for his life i thank you for his life and i honor him in jesus mighty name i pray amen
0: amen amen man thank you thank you to everyone that uh watch that listen leave a comment if you're watching us right now through through youtube make sure to subscribe make sure to comment share with someone If you're watching us through spotify or apple podcast thank you again for listening to us share with someone and we'll be back every tuesday with a brand new podcast so thank you man once again thank honor you. and privilege to having you and we'll see you guys all next week